Good morning. This is Dr. Jeff Craig, superintendent of West Aurora Schools. And welcome to our second episode of West Talks 129. We're really uh, pleasantly surprised to be able to welcome our guest this morning, our school board president, Mr. Bob Gonzalez. Welcome, Bob. Good morning, Dr. Craig. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for being here. This is uh, this is exciting. Our uh, any of you that have got a chance to listen to our first podcast got to listen to Mr. Murphy um, and his experiences as the assistant principal at Westboro High School. And we have a very different uh, perspective to be able to have you on today. And we, we appreciate you taking the time to talk with us. Thank you. I appreciate it. So I'm uh, just kind of getting right into it. You know, one of the things that we, we do is uh, we're trying to uh, talk about some of our our, our staff members and some of our uh, people that are part of our organization, uh, some of their backgrounds, what brought them to this role now, some of the, the challenges, some of the, uh, the highlights, their successes that they've experienced. And you've had a, a really unusual path, um, and that's probably an understatement. And so I, I, I would love to be able to have you share your story a little bit. So it wasn't like you grew up in Aurora and no. you started here and, and you followed that traditional pathway. Um, and so just given a little lineage, you know, you started off uh, born and raised in Cuba. Um, you transitioned to Spain. You came to the, the, uh, the Chicago public school system. You, were, you didn't speak hardly any English, uh, immersed into the Chicago public school system. And then you became a business owner. Mm -hmm. uh, you were a community member. You raised a family here. Um, and you aspired to be a, a school board member, now the president of a significant uh, school district in the state of Illinois. That's a chunk. It is a chunk. Uh, talk to us a little bit about those, uh, those travels and uh, your experiences a little bit, if you would. Well, I was, uh, like you mentioned, I was born in Cuba. My grandfather came from Spain and settled in Cuba. Uh, and then he made my grandma. And um, that's the start of the story. I was born in Cuba. I lived there for uh, 12 years. My mom, my dad, my sister, and myself. My um, aunt was able to get out of Cuba back in 1967, and then she applied for a visa for us to leave Cuba. So we went from Cuba. Um, once she put for that visa, my parents, especially my dad, had to work for the government for two and a half years, uh, like a concentration camp. Sure. So our home was taken away from us. We had to go live with relatives. Our home was taken away from us. Uh, then one, once we left Cuba, we went to Spain for two and a half years. Uh, we, we did not know anybody when we got to Spain. Thank God for my aunt. It was like a second mom to me. <laughs> was sending us money to uh, Spain so we can survive. Uh, but once we got there, we had a great um, Cuban um, uh, relationship with some of the Cubans that were there. Mm -hmm. Where they took care of us. They took us to live with another family for the first couple of months until we found an apartment. And we were able to settle down. They gave us coats. Because when we left Cuba, the only thing we had was our the clothes we had on our back, and our documents. That's all we had. Wow. So we left here. We lived in Spain for two and a half years. Thank God. Then we arrived in Chicago, 1973. April of 1973. So you are the definition of an immigrant family. Yes. It took us about five years from the time that my aunt put the visa for us to live Cuba for us to get to the United States. Wow. When we came from Madrid, we landed in LaGuardia Airport. Some members of the government were waiting for us as we landed, processed our paperwork, gave us our green card, and uh, we had them for after that, we had to wait five years to become citizens. Wow. After we got here in April, like I said, I did not know in English, September school started in Chicago. Sure. Carl Scherz High School. Uh huh. And I walked in the first day, they registered me, they said, here is your schedule, good luck. There was no bilingual classes. 
So I just had to find my way around. And back then, insurance, and maybe was uh, back in 1973, was maybe about 10% Hispanics out of almost 1,000 kids. So how did you, I mean, insurance isn't a small school. No. And, uh, you know, predominantly English speaking, because as you say, we haven't been, we hadn't at that time had that transition of the Latino population. So how did you navigate that? How did you find your way? How did you find the path to be uh, successful? It was tough, but my parents and my aunt always stressed education. Thank God I have wonderful teachers that help me out, especially one teacher. And right now I can't recall her name, but she was a history teacher. And every prep period that she had, she would bring me out, because it was my study hall, coincidence, and she would bring me out into the hallway, and she would start talking to me and teaching me English. Right after I got out of school, I had another Cuban girl that had been here for seven, eight years. I would go to her house and practice some more. No kidding. Yeah. So, I mean, those aren't your your typical teenage experiences that our kids have. I mean, most right. of them, even even our Spanish-speaking students have some basis in English. Right. And so they, they're able to navigate, you know, our education uh, system, which is dramatically different here in the, in the States. So those experiences, and, and I don't know if you want to get into your Cuban experiences. I know you have very strong feelings about that. And um, I mean, that was a it's still uh, in place today with, right. with the dictatorship. Right. And um, so we can get into that a little bit if you want. But those experiences from, from be, being able to flee Cuba to transitioning to Spain to Chicago public schools, how did those experiences help form who you are today? How did they impact your life? I think it made me uh, a person that cares about others because we went through this struggle not having my parents having uh, a farm and a store in Cuba to the government coming in in 1959 and taking everything away. Uh, when we first got here, we barely had enough money to uh, to buy groceries or do anything. I think it's made me a person that cares about others, always willing to help others. I know the struggles from coming from uh, here, not speaking any English. Thank God that one of the good things that I had to say about Cuba, the educational system was excellent. Interesting. By the time I got here, I had control of my language. Sure. I mean, I had good command of my language, so I know Spanish very well, so I really had to concentrate on learning English. Um, math that was taught to me in high school, I already knew that, algebra, uh, history, um, geometry. Uh, so I basically had to concentrate on learning the language because everything else I already knew because I love to read. Nice step forward. Yeah. So of, of those challenges, and, and maybe you want to highlight a couple of the biggest challenges you experienced, um, you know, the, you, there's the obvious ones, but some of those challenges you experienced in Cuba... Uh, those challenges of going to, as you said, just uh, the clothes on your back and your documents to Spain, and then arriving here and just uh, navigating your way through our education system. I think uh, one of the things is I was just talking to my kids last week, and um, I, I was telling my son, I don't remember any time from the age of eight not working, always doing something. Whether yeah. it was chore around the house or working. Uh, we got to Spain, we went to school, we worked. Same when we got here. And one of the things that I wanted to do that I knew how hard it was for my parents to live when my mom and my dad left, he was 39 years old, she was 38 years old. That is hard. Yes. Coming from leaving everything that you know. On my parents' side, there were nine brothers and sisters. On my mom's side, there were three brothers and sisters. Leaving all your family behind, coming to a strange country where you do not know the language, you don't know the culture. So I wanted to make sure that I didn't let them down. They went through all the sacrifice. So I wanted to make sure that when I got here, I learned the language. I got A's and B's. Um, and they always said, you have to, education is very important. So I wanted to make sure I did not let them down. That's an impactful message. Yeah, thank you. Absolutely. 
So those those challenges, and I and I guess I you know from my perspective, and and this is I have a biased perspective of you. Um, I'm one of you know I'm I'm your sole employee yeah. as a school board member, but you're a successful business owner. Um, you've you've sought elected office, and now risen to uh, the the presidency of that elected office, and you basically dictate the not dictate but are a part and parcel of a group of people that set policy um, and governance for uh, our school district of almost thirteen thousand students. How have those challenges influenced you and helped you become successful both in business as an elected official? And I'm going to get into. Um, your ability to help guide your own kids through our school system? I think that one of the things that taught me is um, to serve as a community. Uh, we moved here uh, to Aurora from Chicago back in 1988, and I became a State Farm agent, and this community has been amazing uh, uh, to my family and myself. When I went to um, Chicago High School, it was public school, so I wanted to make sure my kids stayed in public school. So as soon as we got here, I know my daughter went, my daughter and Bobby and Michael, my kids went through Hall Elementary School. Jesse went to Washington Middle School, and then the other two went to Jefferson and West. They all went on to college. One of the things that I do, and I am thankful not only for the community, but for everybody else, is that giving me the opportunity to be a state, successful state farm agent. Sure. I don't consider my clients just clients. Um, I consider them friends. So I'm more of an advisor to them because not a lot of people understand insurance business. So I'm more of an advisor, what they need to do in case something happens and this is what we covered. So I kind of educate them on the insurance business. And then it's, I'm not a, somebody that's a pushy salesman. I let them, I give them the information, let them make a decision. On the board, um, like I said, I love servicing the community. This has been an amazing opportunity for me. From being with the teachers to working with you and your administration, you have been a great, amazing superintendent. And I thank my peers for um, selecting me to be the board president. Um, I think a lot of I, I lead by example, and I respect everybody else's opinion. Yeah, I just want to state for the, for the folks that are listening, too, that I didn't prompt you to, to say anything nice about me. So that I is just, true, <laughs> but he is an amazing superintendent. <laughs> but I'll take it, so thank you. You're welcome, sir. So those experiences, how did they influence how you raised your children? You talked about from the age of eight, you didn't know anything else, that, that education was, was highly uh, important to your family, and that was... That was something that they they held important for you and that you worked from most of that time frame on. How is that those experiences, how they influenced how you raised your kids and then brought them through our education system? I raised them. um, It was tough, tough love, as as you call it. They taught them to be honest. I let them know that they were going to make mistakes and they will need to learn from their failures, but not to be afraid to come and talk to me. From the moment they were born, we started reading to them. Uh, my kids, every time I drove to Florida to go on vacation, it was all about books. We had tons of books in my home. Sure. And um, I told them education was very important. In my house was not if you're going to go to college, but what college you're going to. So from an early age, you know, you had to go to elementary school, middle school, high school, and then you had to get a higher education. Absolutely. You know, that's something that um, it's very interesting when you see the, the, the transition from being a, a youth ourselves and then when we become parents of how we can impart those, those priorities. 
um, and live those priorities. I think that's something that speaks a lot yeah. that, I mean, here your, your kids are, are very successful um, raising families, they're in business, they're in education, and they're raising their own kids. Um, but to have those influences because you knew what a, what a struggle it was and how important it was to get to where you are today. It was very important. Like I said, when we first got here, we did not have anything. And um, my parents always stressed the importance of education and to have a better life. You bet. Uh, they wanted something better for us than what they did. So let me, let me push this in a little different okay. direction um, to, to your board role. You've sat on the board for several years now, and, and you've been the board president the last few years. What are some of the, you know, if you were, let's, let's talk about the, the successes first, those highlights that you would point to that you're super proud of as a board member or a board president? Well, again, you didn't prompt me to say this, but one of my greatest success has been being sitting on, on the committee to hire you as a superintendent. Thank you. Another one is seeing all the hard work that you put in to pass a referendum so that we can have a geothermal in our schools and a kid sitting, here, sitting in a classroom with 120 degrees and study. Yes. Uh, we finally be able to get rid of the uh, portables. Yes. So that was very, very amazing. Another one is very, to me, the best part of being a board member is going into the schools and seeing our staff work and see our kids and the commitment to excellence in education. Absolutely. It's wonderful. So let me ask the other part of that question then. What have been some of your biggest challenges? Biggest challenges as a board president? Not only our financial commitment, but as a board president, I have to deal with seven different personalities. And I think that that's one of the things that my uh, experiences in, in life have uh, coached me to do that because I respect everybody else's opinion. Sure. And I want to make sure that I hear everybody. One of the things that I had to learn when to be a president is when to step back and just listen instead of inputting my, my opinion, but sitting back and listening to everybody else's opinion and making a decision. So are there, aside from some of those really big highlights, is there, uh, is there something else that uh, is most fulfilling about being able to serve in your capacity as a board member? Yes. Not only am I able to serve the community, because it's been great to us, but like I said before, uh, going into the, into the different schools, uh, not only seeing some of the struggles, but only seeing how some of our kids are successful. Uh, I just was able to uh, be a judge at Smith Elementary School for one of the speech contests for fifth grade. Absolutely. And what an amazing, we had 12 contestants and it's just great to see them coming out and speaking in front of their peers. And that's a lot of pressure. And one of the girls, I wanted to finish in first place, she was just amazing the way she just stood back and in body language and how she, she, she memorized her speech. I know you have it, a great appreciation for public speaking because you love to do it so oh much Oh, yeah, yourself. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> but she was just amazing. And that's the stuff that makes worthwhile. That's the best part of being a board member. Awesome. So, you know, I, I asked this uh, in our previous episode, and I, it's, it's always interesting to kind of pry a little bit into uh, what motivates you or do you, do you read uh, a certain author or certain type of books that kind of give you some, some balance or give you some insights? So I'm, I'm curious, is there, is there some type of a motivational mindfulness author or book or some type of information that kind of pushes you or that you kind of refer to? I tell you, from the beginning, my b biggest motivators were my mom and my dad. Uh -huh. uh, I give them a lot of credit for doing what they did so that we can have a better life. Uh, not only my dad working for two and a half years in a concentration camp in Cuba in order to get out, but then coming to Spain, not knowing anybody. Uh, and then coming here. Uh, he was here, and within a week of being here, he was already working. He did not know the language, but he went to work, and he worked until he retired um, at age of 62. Wow. 
Um, and uh, he worked very hard, and so did my mom. And neither one of them knew the language. And if I knew if it was tough for me, imagine somebody at the age of 40 coming to a strange country. So they were my biggest motivators. About books, I really don't have one author. I love history. Yes. So that teaches me a lot. And another one, so a lot of people don't know, and I am a huge comic book fan. Wow. So I read that. And Do you collect? I collect. I have about 2,000 of them. No kidding. I collect most of them. And, and that teach, it has taught me a lot. Uh, one of the examples is, and I was just thinking about that on the way here, about books, is uh, they represent the stage of this country is in a certain time. Like, for example, in the 1950s, when we were battling the Nazis, yes. Captain America was created because huh. we needed a hero and somebody that showed patriotism. So he was created by Stan Lee way back in, in the, in when we were fighting the Nazis. So I love anything that has to do with history. Outstanding. I love that. So I'm going to ask you to do a little, little public service announcement here. Um, so we have students that come to us from all walks of life here in Aurora, which is really a... a it's probably one of the highlights that we can talk about our, our diversity, whether it's in terms of language, um, socioeconomic status, uh, different countries that our, our kids come from. We speak over 54 yeah. languages. Uh, we're a World Relief Identified Community. So we have a, we're our own small melting pot here. And some of those kids, you know, they experience different challenges, maybe not to the extremes that you did when you were younger. But how would you counsel our kids that are challenged with, you know, let me, I know I'm bouncing back and forth a little bit, but you talked about mom and dad, your mother and dad uh, being your motivator and your, your rocks for you. And our, some of our kids don't have that. So our kids that are facing challenges of language, of culture, of a full family to be able to have intact, um, socioeconomic how would you counsel them as they tackle some of those challenges in our schools? Uh, like I said, my mom and dad were my motivators. But if you don't have that at home, find an adult that you can trust. I volunteered for many, many years uh, at Big Brother's Big Sister. Mm. And I had one student uh, that I mentor uh, twice a week. Uh, set goals for yourself. And, and set, you don't have to set a huge goal, but set small goals. And as soon as you attain those goals, keep setting more goals for yourself. Focus on what you need to do. I was focused when I got here on learning, learning the, the language, making sure I got good grades, because I don't want to disappoint my parents. That was my biggest concern. Sure. I didn't want to disappoint them at all. Uh, just set goals. Find an adult that you can trust mm. and lean on them. I mean, most adults will be more than happy uh, to help you and guide you through life. Well, I tell you what, you, you hit a nerve with that one, too. Um, you know, one of the things that I've been advocating since I've been in education, especially when I started in my dean's role back in, you know, in 93, was do we have an adult as, as a student, as a child in our district, is there one adult that you can go to in any time of, of duress or in need that you can talk to, confide in, whether it's a parent, whether it's a teacher, a custodian, a coach, whomever it might be. And I think that's a really important message that you just shared that we, we trust in an adult in our system. It is very important. Even when I have my clients come to my office and little kids come with them, my first question to them, what is your name? What school you go to? How are you doing in school? Absolutely. Whether it's District 129 or they go to District 131, I want to make sure that I stress to them how important education is. You know, and I, wanna, I don't want to beat this to death, but I certainly want to highlight a little bit because I think your experiences kind of 
um, show that you can overcome obstacles, that you can meet uh, challenges and you can exceed those challenges. So some of our kids really are afforded a lot of opportunities. Right. I mean, if you think about, uh, we were just having this conversation the other day about the opportunities that are afforded just if you think about West Aurora High School. There's over 60 clubs and activities. There's 24 varsity sports. The curricular offerings are just unending. When you think about our AP offerings mm -hmm. and the variety that we have to offer because we are a large, comprehensive campus. So those students who have been afforded opportunities to experience AP sports, clubs, and activities to go through and, and, and be whatever they want to be through our school system, how would you counsel or advise those kids that have been given those opportunities that maybe you weren't afforded when you were younger? I would say to them, take advantage of all those opportunities. And I know this is going to sound like I'm, I know I'm a parent, but <laughs> once you, the high school years are your best years of your life. Take advantage of them put your dad hat on there, didn't you? Yes, I did. Because <laughs> I told my kids, yeah, once you become an adult, you got to work, you got to pay bills. But high school years are the best years of your life. Take advantage of everything. Try sports. You don't like baseball? Try something. That's what my son did. He tried baseball. He played for five years. He didn't like it. He tried football. He loved football. He tried track. He loved track. He tried different things. He tried mute band because he was in, in fifth grade. They all play band. They all play music here at West Aurora High School uh, at Hall, Jefferson. And, and was, my son was in a jazz band, he played football, my daughter was uh, in marching band, she played softball and basketball and volleyball. My son was also in band, he was a drum major for two years for the marching band, and uh, he was in the arts. That's keeping busy. That's keeping busy. Absolutely. So I told him, try and do as much as you can, but don't neglect your grades. Your first, he says, uh, um, your first thing is to be a student. You want to make sure that you get grades. Sure. When they were coming here, I had a contract with my, my kids. If you get a C, you do not play sports. Somebody said, well, they can get a D and an F. I said, no, no, no. In my house, if you get a C, you do not play sports. Okay, you can do better than a C. And I encourage them to try everything they could try. That's awesome. Because these are the best years of your life. That's awesome. I think that's great advice. Yeah. And I think, you know, people need to know that uh, some of the wonderful opportunities are, that are afforded to our kids. Oh, we had great opportunities here in West Aurora High School. And my daughter teaches. She's been a teacher for nine years. So has my daughter-in-law. And they are mesmerized by the opportunities that we have here. That's awesome. You know, I, um, you've had a very well-rounded background. Uh, you've had a very full um, menu of experiences. And I think you have a lot to offer and a lot, a lot of messages to share with people. Um, is there one particular message that uh, you'd want to leave with folks as, as kind of a, a Bob Gonzalez-ism um, that, that here's a thought from you? The one thing that I have let, always led my life with is I always try to help as many people as I can. I do as many favors as I can, and I never look back. Um, for example, I have clients that I might stay from clients, but because they don't speak the language, they come to my office mm. with other sorts of paperwork that they don't understand. And I'm able to read it for them, translate for them, and do them the favor of understanding what's going on. I've always let, lived my life with um, do the best you can and uh, help others as much as you can. It's very gratifying. It is true when they say it's better to give than to receive. You it bet. is true. Well, I, I know that your clients um, are not just clients, and be, they come in because of the relationships mm -hmm. you've built. Um, I know that you try to build those relationships within the board and within our school community, and, and we're grateful for your leadership. We appreciate uh, all that you bring to bear, and, and I think your calm demeanor uh, <laughs> play, plays an important role. 
Thank you. So sir. we appreciate uh, we appreciate your time today and sharing your thoughts and ideas. And uh, you know, it's a really important facet that we can highlight uh, that there's a lot of people that make up our organization in District 129. Yeah, 129 is a great district, and I'm grateful for the opportunity. I'm grateful that my peers elected me uh, board president. And and if, if any high school students out there and you're listening and you're listening to podcast, if you need any help, please feel free to contact me. It's a great message. We appreciate Thank you, it. Sir. Well, thank you for your time this morning. It's, uh, it's an honor and a pleasure to be able to have a good conversation with you and, and share some of your story. I think that's really what's important is uh, get to know who you are. Uh, the people listening today get a chance to uh, learn a little more about uh, our school board president mm-hmm. and uh, your background and how you got to be uh, where you are today. And we're, we're grateful that you're here. So thank you for doing that. Thank you, sir. Um, so this ends our second episode of uh, West Talks 129. Uh, you can find us on uh, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever you access podcasts. And uh, we'll be uh, looking for our next uh, episode here in the very near future. And we uh, want to thank Mr. Bob Gonzalez, school board president, for being with us this morning. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you very much. Thank Have you. a great day. You too.